It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one. Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, uh, November 14th, 2015. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. It's, it's November 12th, 2015. Thank you for joining us. We're glad that you're here. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dan. Hello. 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 I'm, reading, I'm, I'm reading in the chat room, and I, now you're going to have to you're Your ears aren't working any better than your voice. No, that's right. That's right. Good to be with you. Uh, uh, and so uh, we may have a little bit of a challenge tonight. Some, uh, yeah, I've got a little laryngitis issue. going on. And I've got a little scratch, too, so we may give extra credit for callers tonight. Yeah. Give yeah, us a little break. Uh, Monty's behind the controls. Monty, good evening. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be glad, here. Glad to have you here as well. And uh, got some folks in the chat room tonight. Kevin is not in Hot Springs, Arkansas. He's in Cincinnati, Ohio tonight. So, Kevin, thanks for joining us on the road. And um, we've got another Mike in Ohio. He's uh, in uh, that neck of the woods as well. Some other folks signing in. If you're not signed in yet, do that and join in with our listeners on the program tonight. The um, reason why I messed up there to start, Jake, is because of the topic tonight. It deals with my issues. We're <laughs> growing older. Well, I wondered how I you came little, up with that. got a little dementia going on. <laughs> I didn't so know if you had uh, been looking across the table at me and thought it was time to talk about this or what it was. Well, I just I just got thinking of some topics we hadn't covered, and I think this is a worthy topic. You know, in the United States, I, we've got an aging population, and so that's a reality in in our society. But I think it's a reality in a lot of churches. You know, you go around and visit a lot of churches, and you find a lot of churches with increasingly older memberships. Um, the Bible speaks to older people who who are still serving the Lord, and I think there's some things that we could point out that we all need to keep in mind as we grow older. All right. Uh, look forward to hearing from you tonight, and maybe you're qualified to talk on this subject. Uh, we especially want to hear from you. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com in the chat room tonight. Of course, I guess we're all qualified to talk about getting older, because we all are, and it happens to everyone. Uh, so uh, some things from the scriptures that we need to keep in mind. To our chat, to our um Email update list earlier today, I sent out some questions for consideration. These are the kind of things we want to talk about tonight, Jacob. Always remind people, if you're not on our update list, you can be there by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the list. We'll do that. So we sent out these questions. Number one, who are some of the older people that God used effectively in the Bible? And there are a number of them when you stop to sort of list them. Some old people who did great service to the Lord in the Bible. We'll talk about some of those. Number two, what are some of the important roles in the church that can or must primarily be filled by older Christians? Can or must, yeah. Number three, what are some of God's promises that are specifically applicable to older Christians? Number four, how would you encourage older Christians to stay active in God's service? And number five, Older folks, including older Christians, often become grouchy and cantankerous. What would be your advice to older saints in that regard? Uh-oh. Monty. This might make Monty mad if I talk name. about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of you, Monty, when I made that question. All right. Uh, no, we, we, but I do think there's some things there that are worth talking about. Some older people in the Bible that God used effectively, and I'm, I'm envisioning that some of these older folks sounded a little bit like you tonight as they were giving some uh, instructions to their yeah, you think, the, you think those so? around them, maybe? You sound, you're sort of sounding rough there. Uh, so in the chat room, send us in some ideas of uh, who you think of when you think of an older person in the Bible that God used effectively. Yeah. Uh, we got an email from Ramona in Texas, and she listed uh, Daniel, well over 80, when he served as one of the three governors over the kingdom of Babylon in Daniel 6, beginning verse 1. Yeah. We remember that shortly after that, he was thrown into the lion's den. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, he was he was still active serving, wasn't afraid to back down. 
you know, wasn't, wasn't inclined to back down even when he yeah, was... Yeah, we, we think about him as a young man yeah. at the beginning of the book, but that book uh, shows, uh, chronicles his his lifespan there, which he was dedicated to the Lord throughout. Yeah, in the first chapter, he's a young man who's taken, he's, he's one of the young people from Israel taken, taken to be trained in the way of the Chaldeans or Babylonians. But when you get to chapter 6, uh, the, the whole political scene has changed, and he's been there a long time already. And, and yet he's still faithfully serving God. I think that's a good thing. Ramona picks out a good one there. Uh, he continued to prosper. It says, Daniel 6, verse 28, he continued to prosper in the reign of Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian. Um, she goes on to mention Zacharias and Elizabeth, parents of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 7 says they were well advanced in years. Yeah, He was still serving in the temple. And, of course, God blessed them specifically to be the parents of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And then she mentions Simeon and Anna, two elderly people who bore witness to Christ that, uh, Christ when he was presented at the temple in Luke chapter 2. Anna herself was at least 84 and had been serving God with fastings and prayers night and day. Yeah. Well, you know, think about that. You know, if you think of an 84-year-old person today, they probably wouldn't be inclined to do much of that same sort of thing. But here, I think I think Ramona has picked out some really good ones. Yeah, there. you think about Zacharias and Elizabeth and Simeon and Nana. They are persevering and faithful uh, to God in their advanced years. And so uh, certainly a good example for us. Um, uh, are we getting anything? Oh, in, in the chat room, Moses. Mike uh, in Ohio mentions that Moses was 80 when he led the Israelites from Egypt. I think that's exactly right. I think Aaron was 83, according to Exodus 7, verse 7. Moses was 80. Aaron was 83. So they were they were well past middle age when God <laughs> called them to to serve. So you know it wasn't the idea of oh you know we've we've done enough. We're going to retire here. We're going to take it easy. You know we're going to slow down a little. Can you can you imagine? And we've often talked about that when we talked about when we talk about the book of Exodus. Can you imagine the stress level of Moses trying to lead the children of Israel? And they were they were such a rebellious bunch of people anyway. Um, that would have been a real assignment, for sure. At the age of 80. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then after him, let's see who else we got. Yes, uh, day 26 has Noah and Enoch, two Noah. people that uh, obviously served God in their advanced years. Noah, I think about him. Uh, building that ark, you know, very well advanced age. Well, I think the flood came in Noah's 600th year. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we're de- we're dealing with a little bit different de- times. Different there, time, but, but, he, uh, but he lived. He lived to be 900 and something years old, and so still he was two thirds of the way in his lifespan. Yeah. So that'd be the equivalent of us being what 60 or better. Yeah. You know, in in our life expectancy. Enoch, he mentions Enoch, who walked with God. I think Enoch was translated, taken away yeah. to be a God when he was 365. Yeah. Of course, men were living older. They were living into their 900s there. But Yeah, and if, if uh, at the end of our days, if uh, someone could say that we walked with God, that's all they would need to say about it, uh, about our lives. That would be a life well spent, Monty, if uh, that could be said of us at the end of our, our life. What more could we, we possibly ask God. for than to... For people to say that this this was a righteous man, he walked, he with, walked God, with God, and especially if it could have been revealed by inspiration like it was about Enoch. Absolutely. That God's opinion was that he walked with yeah, God. That, that's that's a success right there. Uh, I don't see, uh, oh, I see somebody's mentioned, Kevin has mentioned Abraham and Sarah having a child at advanced age. I think that's right. Two others I had on my list were Joshua and Caleb. Remember, Joshua and Caleb were the two faithful spies that were sent into the promised land. Besides them, everybody else older than 20 years old died during the during the years of wilderness wanderings. That's 40 years. So they were older than everybody else, but Joshua, they were literally specifically <laughs> older than everybody else. I guess in that case you are the oldest. And, 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 and yet Joshua was the leader of the Israelites as they conquered the promised land. Caleb, you remember, Caleb was the one who demanded that they that he be given the mountain on which the sons of Anak lived, the giants. He wanted to go he wanted, he wanted to finish take them off before yeah. he was finished off. Yeah, right? and so you know a lot of again, I'm just impressed that there's a lot of, of faithful older people in the Bible 
that God used effectively. And then one more from the New Testament. Paul in Philemon, verse 9, Paul mentions himself as Paul the aged. Yeah. Well, you never get the idea that Paul retired from service. Because, yeah, you know, I'm pretty old now and I've, I've been around. I've, I've traveled a lot, I've done a lot of work, and I'm just going to sit on the porch and rock for a while. <clears throat> Kevin in the chat room mentioned uh, he heard a, a sermon by Don Truex recently, and he said that he mentioned two ladies who were retired teachers, apparently retired school teachers. They were approached to be class teachers, and they turned him down saying, We've served our time. And that, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody literally say that, but I think I've, I think I've experienced people in the church who sort of have that opinion. You know, we've served our time. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. And I don't know that that's an attitude that a Christian ever needs to develop. And you look at Caleb. He wasn't hanging it up. Uh, he still had more to do for the Lord and, uh, we need to have that attitude as well. Certainly we don't know everything going on in some folks' life as they get older, some of the, pains and challenges they have, but we need to make sure that we personally are doing everything that we can in the service of the Lord that we're being used up, that we have, uh, we can, we can say what Paul had said there, uh, that he, he had, uh, he'd, he'd given everything that he could to the Lord. Yeah. So again, you know, it might seem like a, a little bit of an unusual topic, but when, when you stop to analyze it, there's quite a bit of information there in the Bible about people that got in their advanced years that God used faithfully. And you don't find any of them saying, that's too much for me. And, you know, I'm old. You're going to have to get somebody else to do that job. And uh, as we get a little later into our study tonight, we want to talk about that, that there's really not a, there's not a place for that in the Christian's mindset to say, I don't need to have to do anything anymore because I'm older. You know, unfortunately, some of the people who say that never did very much when they were younger. Either. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. We look at the examples of the people that we've mentioned here in the Bible that were diligent in their older age. That was that wasn't some that wasn't a late in life phenomenon. They had been that that was just something that carried over throughout their life that they were diligent serving the Lord. You think about Noah as he's standing strong against the, the wicked people of the world grace in the eyes of the Lord when yeah. the whole world was wicked. Yeah. Daniel's a great example because we know as a young man, he just took a stand. You know, he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't right. eat the king's food or right. uh, he wouldn't defile himself with the king's yeah. food in chapter yeah. 1. And then as Ramona pointed out, clear over there in chapter 6, he's 80-something years old. He's And and, and they, they say, you know, you can't pray to anybody but the king. And that's was not me. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I'm, I'm praying. I've been down this road before, yeah. and we're not doing that. Yeah. And then you think about, um, well, you think about um, Joshua and Caleb as young, yet relatively young men. They're taking a stand, and they're leading throughout, and they're faithful to the end. Uh, and then you think about Enoch. You know, it says it says he walked with God, not that he stood up with God at the end. He was walking with God throughout his life. And so uh, certainly it's something that younger folks need to think about. If, if we want to be... Uh, pleasing to God at an older age, then we need to start that at a young at a young age. Certainly, you can't if, if at any age begin to be faithful to God. But certainly, it helps if you've had a life of service if you've prepared yourself for that. You know, recently I've talked to several people who are talking about reaching retirement age. You know, that's the that's the age group I'm in among people who are you know starting to think about taking your retirement. You know, uh, I don't think young people even contemplate that very much. But older people, I mean, as you get older, you start thinking, oh, yeah, maybe retire, you know. But honestly, I think that as Christians, we shouldn't think about slowing down in his service at all. That's not that's not a thing. That that should not be a part of our spiritual considerations at all. It's a part of our this world thinking, but it shouldn't be a part of our um, thinking as a Christian. I remember a woman years ago, uh, she was 90-something years old, and she was very faithful to attend the worship services, you know, and people kind of marveled that she got out all the time. She hardly ever would miss. Occasionally she'd be sick and couldn't give up. I mean, she was almost always there. Yep. And she said, I have to get up and go to the doctor so much anymore. She said, I figure if I can get up and go to the doctor, I can get up and go to church. You know, and, and she was a great example to everybody just yep. by virtue of her attendance. Yeah, and uh, I, I knew that woman, and... Uh she looked like, uh, well, you, you would think that uh, she, if she wanted to stay home in bed, nobody would have good reason to. Yeah, nobody would she was uh, determined that she was going to be there. You know, I think of a verse um, in verse uh, in Hebrews chapter 4 talking about this. 
uh, in talking about the children of Israel, but it, it's making a parallel. For if Joshua had given them rest, they would not have afterwards spoken of it today. Verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered into his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Now, notice verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. There's a rest remaining for us. But, but it it's say not now. here. Yeah. It's not here. It's something we're going to enter into after this life is over. That means while we're here, then there's work for us to be doing, I regardless think, of our age. I think you're exactly right. Okay. Money, any thoughts on that? Well, I, the person I was thinking of that served God faithfully into his old age would have been Job. Yeah. Uh, we don't really know how old Job was at the opening of this, but he was old enough that he was the patriarch of his clan. Had a bunch he, he of offered, grown, and bunch he had of grown children. children. Yeah. And so he, he was at least, we would think, you know, in his 40s or 50s or something like that to have maybe that many older. children, maybe, yeah, maybe older. Yeah. And then we know he lived long enough after that in faithful service to God to have 10 more children. So, you know, here's. I don't know how old he, we, the Bible doesn't say his age or how old he was when he died, but we can get the impression that he was a faithful servant of yeah. God well into his old age. Yeah, and, and he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, particularly care, um, he wasn't particularly mindful of his physical well-being. Uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't, when he suffered as he suffered, he didn't say, well, I've got, I'm, I'm backing her down now, you know, I've, I've, I've done enough, done too much probably. Uh, he said, uh, in Job chapter 1, verse 21, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Well, we know that at the end of the story, when uh, Job's three friends and that other younger guy were, were there, and uh, God told them, says, You go to Job and get him to make a sacrifice for you and to pray for you, and I'll forgive you for what you've said about him. So Job, even at the end of all this, still had more service than God expected him to do. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, it's time for a break. When we get uh, back from the break, we'll continue the discussion and some roles in the church that older people can take, but not only can take, they must take. In fact, there's some roles that it's imperative for older folks to assume, yeah. not an option. It's yeah. imperative that it be older folks who assume that role. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll get your thoughts during the break. Uh, don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Glorify God in the sphere where he has placed you by diligently discharging all of your everyday duties. Feelings can be deceiving. You can have warm feelings toward God without true faith, You can have feelings of optimism without true hope. We cannot always determine our circumstances, but we can choose our attitudes and actions. Be watchful for your soul. Guard your mind and your emotions. Be a gatekeeper for your heart. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight talking about growing old uh, with the Lord. And Kevin in the chat room mentions Daniel again. He had an impact on four different kings in his life. And Kevin concludes what an impact that would uh, be. Uh, And so, uh, certainly, Daniel, you know, if we stop, think about the good that we could have done that... Goes yeah. undone. Yeah. You know, think yes. about Daniel. If he had stopped after that first king, you know, he stopped. Yeah. He did, took a stand in his younger life, and he said, "That's enough for me." Yeah. Think about all the people he could, he would have not have influenced. Yeah. Um, guest ninety six ninety four says simply, Christian service has no time limit. We have too many who have resigned the work to the younger, untried leadership. And that sort of segues us to the second question that we ask: What are some of the important roles in the church that can and actually must primarily be filled by older Christians? And uh, 
Yes, 96, 94 mentioned leadership, and that is the one that comes, I think, probably first to mind, elders in the church, uh, those who would be overseers of local congregations. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, when Paul lists the qualifications of elders, uh, he, he's one of them that he mentions is verse 6, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. <clears throat> so you couldn't have a, a, a young, untried, inexperienced man in the office of an elder. Now that's going to raise the question, I think, almost immediately, how old does a fellow have to be before he can be an elder? And it's clearly not specified. Right. But you're not going to take a 20-something-year-old young man and put him in that position to oversee the Lord's church. Uh, so, obviously, elders, there, and there's a great need for elders in churches. Uh, several years ago, I uh, participated in a, in a day-long study up in Johnson City, Tennessee, and it was about elders and, and, and the eldership and how the church is organized and how elders should work. And the, the, the local preacher there who organized the study, there, there was probably 40 30 to 40 people there. And he asked at the outset for a show of hands how many in that group had ever served in a congregation that had elders, ever. And I raised my hand and one other fellow raised his hand. Isn't that a shame? In a, in a, in a group of 30 or 40 Christians. Yeah. Never, had to, never in their lifetime had been in a church that had elders. And so there's a great need for elders in local congregations. And and obviously that's going to be someone who's older, mature, tried and trusted. But but again, that would that would argue, Jacob, that that sort of a person has begun to serve in maybe in their youth. And yeah, to be qualified, they, yeah. they, they have to be. Not necessarily. I not, mean, well, you not, could you could have yeah. a man who was converted in his old age, yeah. and he might he might meet the qualifications ultimately to be an elder. But typically, you'd think of someone who's been an elder for many years. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've been a Christian for many years. Well, he's not going to be a novice, so yeah, he, he's going to have to be uh, have that experience, and certainly it is something that uh, that we need. Guest 3853 says, I have a great example of this. I remember my grandfather was an elder at his church. When I was a little girl, my grandfather used to tell me, my grandmother used to tell me that he used to be a preacher and was really good at it. She always talked about how my father was referred to as the preacher's son. One day I asked him why he quit preaching. He told me he wasn't done preaching. He was hired to visit a nursing home and preach to people there. Several several years later, he went back to being a preacher at church. He was a great example of a servant of Christ. And so just one person uh, there, uh, one person's life has an impact that lives on after that person because of faithfulness at an old age. Mike points out in the chat room that as we grow older, our abilities will change, and so the types of service we're capable of doing will change. And I think that's right. I think, you know, um, I can remember as a young man, for instance, when when somebody was moving in the congregation, we always got called on to help load the moving truck. You know, I haven't been called on to help with <laughs> the moving truck a lot lately. And, yeah, that's, and, and, and by the way, that's okay with me. Uh, <laughs> They're but, worried about you. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but, you know, there's some things that do change. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, but elders are much needed, and and so that's, that, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. You can't hardly think of a more important thing that an older Christian can do that if they've qualified, then to serve as an elder in a local church. Kevin says, having qualified elders has become a rare occurrence in some churches. I think it's probably become a rare occurrence in many churches, unfortunately, and that certainly is uh, unfortunate and uh, certainly shows that we do need older men in the congregation who are faithful who can assume that role. And then, we just, that's obviously talking about the men, but if you're talking about an important role for older folks in the church, you think about the older women like, Paul mentioned in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, or excuse me, Titus chapter 2, verse 3, the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. This is Titus 2, 3. The aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they teach, notice that they, the older women, teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Uh, so the older women 
there were specifically assigned the role of teaching younger women in the church what they ought to do and how they ought to live, how they ought to act, how they ought to relate to their families and so forth. And that's an invaluable task that they've been given. Yeah, but the thing of it is, in the church today, I don't see a whole lot of that taking place. I don't, and that's unfortunate because there certainly are lessons and things that the older women could teach that I think that is, well, we talked about when older men don't have fulfilled their role as elders and the church suffers, the same is true of women. When you say, Monty, that when women aren't fulfilling that, taking on that role, then the church is going to suffer. Yeah, that's true, and when we talk about people having experience in that, these older women that we're discussing right now have the experience of having been married so they understand how to properly behave toward their husband. They've been mothers. They've raised children, and so they can give valuable counsel to the younger women about what did and what didn't work and their observations on how to go about to do things better. They can pass that down. I used to hear a lot of somebody saying that experience is the best teacher as long as it's somebody else's experience. You don't have to make all the mistakes yourself. And it's serious stuff that they're told to teach about, stuff that if young women don't understand, there's going to be some serious consequences, and older women can help maybe save some of them. I mean, all of us here have children. And they didn't come with an instruction manual. Yeah. And so a lot of the things we did, we just kind of blundered through trying to figure out how to be good parents. Well, we, we what we needed was older people to teach us that, to give us valuable instruction on this isn't going to work. What you're doing doesn't work. If you'll try this, maybe it'll turn out better. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things that we might throw in here, Jacob, as things that older Christians are capable of that maybe younger ones are not in a good position to do. Thinking about hospitality, for instance. You know, sometimes the, the, the younger couples of a congregation may be not in a position to entertain their brothers and sisters in, in, in the sense of hospitality. Right. Older folks may be a little more financially secure. Maybe hospitality is, is a, a realm that older Christians can fulfill more effectively than young Christians. Not necessarily. But again, but they don't have the snot-nosed kids that can are running around. Yeah, but unfortunately, again, we don't always see that happening. Sometimes we see the old Christians never extending hospitality at all. Right. Um, and then think about what you could do in terms of evangelism or edification, because you are retired from your job, you've got more time, you've got more free time, and so you could you could engage in maybe more periods of edification toward weak Christians or evangelism toward those who are outside the body of Christ, maybe the fact that you're older and retired from your job gives you the time to do some things that you wouldn't have had to do, wouldn't have time to do earlier. There's just a, there's, and so what we're seeing is there, there can actually be some advantages to growing older. Yeah, certainly so. Certainly some uh some advantages and some opportunities that need to be capitalized on as we get older. What are your thoughts? Look forward to hearing from you. 877-381-4567. Indiana Guest references uh, Elihu in Job 31 and 32. Elihu's anger was aroused because the older friends of Job did not show the proper wisdom they should have had displayed. As older Christian, As older Christians, it is my opinion we have to have the proper godly wisdom we should have in order to deal with certain circumstances and I situations. That, I think that's a good point. Uh, just because someone is older doesn't necessarily mean they've grown wiser. And, but we, and that should be our goal. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. We need to talk about the inverse of this, too, because older people can be a great, great influence just because of their age and their position in life. On the on the opposite side of that coin, though, older people who are not what they should be are a very very big discouragement. Yeah. In fact, perhaps more of a discouragement than the same person don't at you, a younger age would have been. Don't I mean, you think that's because you expect right. more of them? Right. Yeah. But I mean, you think about the damage. Maybe you've known of some older folks who, who they did, and they, it was more harmful because of their. Positions and state. If they had been a young person, you might have said, "Well, yeah. hopefully they'll grow out of yeah, that." Yeah, I expect that from, from him. Not but. not excusing them, but but right. not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, 
so devastated. Right. But when it's an older person that you thought would have had the wisdom to, to, to act better yeah. and they don't, that can be very discouraging. Absolutely. All right, we'll get a break, get this week's bullet point, give your voice some time to rest, and get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The classified section of most local newspapers has been replaced almost entirely by online ads. For instance, the old four singles only section in the newspaper has been traded for online dating services. But the concept is still primarily the same. Individuals looking for companionship by members of the opposite sex make their posts there. Most of the ads are fairly similar. People describe themselves as, quote, attractive, fun-loving, emotionally well-balanced, and financially secure. They are seeking to meet a person who is, quote, sincere, considerate, down-to-earth, affectionate, romantic, honest, well-adjusted, intelligent, ambitious, caring, sensitive, professional, gentle, and so forth. You get the idea fairly quickly that these folks are downright picky about the person they want to meet. Most of the ads specify age, height, weight, hair color, and so forth. One interesting ad was reported to us. Enlisting the desired qualities of a prospective mate, this one said, quote, height, average, eyes, no more than two, hair, not required. While most of the ads were very picky, this one was not at all. These two extremes can illustrate a point. In matters relating to this life, folks are generally very picky. They know what they want, and they're not timid about demanding it. Why is it that in religion these same folks will allow anything and everything? If things of this world deserve careful attention, why not the things that pertain to the world which is to come? And what about the one who had no requirements at all? With such standards, anyone can find a mate, but who would want him or her? We need to be picky about some things. Religion is one of those things. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Micah, now four years old, and, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to come and worship with us. Find out about our meeting times and locations on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you come on Sunday, hopefully the preacher will have a voice. Well, we hope so. The way it's going now, it's not looking so good. We may do sign language. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kevin in the chat room, just, just before we pass to this next point, talking about older folks, hopefully wiser how they could be beneficial, their counsel, their guidance, their leadership. He mentions a familiar Bible episode, Rehoboam, who took the counsel of the young, which was bad, after getting good counsel from those who were older. If he had done what the older men told him to do, uh, the the kingdom would not have divided, right. at least not then. Yeah. But he didn't. All right, 877-381-4567. Thank you, Kevin, for those and comments. Guest 3853 says, I know of a couple who retired and now continue to live half the year in Guatemala serving and teaching classes. They were able to start a church down there. Just amazing. That is a good story. I know a fellow who took his retirement in his early to mid-50s. So you know Larry, yeah. who retired early, so he could do that sort of thing all over the world, really. And, and just very commendable. Yeah. So, I, I guess we need to sort of hedge our our complaining. We said a lot of times their older Christians don't seem like they want to get involved, but we do know some ex- extraordinary examples of people, older Christians, who did. And know? they've been a, a encouragement to countless number of folks who are both younger and older uh, doing that. And so that certainly <clears throat> is something we need to keep in mind. All right, so the third question we asked Jacob was, what are some of God's promises that are specifically applicable to older Christians? Uh, and there's some, there's some interesting statements in the, in the Psalms that I think tie into this. Um, Psalm 92, beginning verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow old like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Well, I don't know about the fat. I, don't know about the <laughs> I got that covered. <laughs> you got that part done. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, this is talking about spiritually and, and the blessings that will come to them as they continue to faithfully serve 
bring forth, bringing forth fruit in old age. Now, this certainly is talking about a spiritual uh, perspective, right? But um, that is a promise that uh, that we can be sure of. That if we're serving God as we should in, in our older age, then He'll prosper us spiritually. But like Mike said in the chat room, uh, we understand the realities of age. You know, we may not be able to do some of the things that we formerly did, but we can still do a lot of good things in service to God, and that ought to be our goal to continue to bring forth fruit in old age. Uh, But the promise of God there is uh, that if uh, we'll be faithful to him, it will go well with us, and we will bear fruit even in our old age. Amani? Well, you know, when you think about it, if we get to a point in our life when we get old enough that reproducing physically is not an option for us anymore. But spiritually, that doesn't have to ever stop. And that's really a big benefit and something that we can help people no matter how old we get and teach them about God and about Jesus and reproduce and, and spiritually speaking and, and bring more people to Christ. Yeah. And we don't have to stop that just because of some physical infirmity or our age. Yeah. Proverbs 16, verse 31 says, The hoary head, that's talking about a gray-haired person, the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. So, you know, it's a good thing to be old if you're righteously serving God. Think of the contrast. You know, all of us have known older folks as we were growing up. We knew older folks that we just admired in the church. But then you probably knew some older folks that were not Christians. Their life was sort of miserable and despicable. Whereas the life of the faithful Christian was a blessing to them and to others. You know, so it's, it's really a blessing to grow old in the Lord. You know, there, I might get off on a little soapbox here, Jacob, and my voice will hold up to, to, to do a little soapbox preaching. But I think our culture has become sort of enamored with youth. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it seems like now young people are catered to continuously. And they're not taught the old virtue of respecting their elders. You know, I, and I, I don't. I'm not necessarily using myself as an example, but when I was a young person, we we relished the opportunity to sit around and hear the old folks right. talk and tell their stories. Right. We love to sit and hear them. Now you can't get young people to pay any attention to older folks at all, and I think I, I think we lose something in that process. It scares me to to think about that. It, that the young people are pretty much raising themselves by looking at their peers rather than looking at those who are older and faithful. And throughout the scriptures, those older folks are put up to us as being the ones that we should look to. And it's, it does scare me, and I agree with you, um, that, that that's something we need to be aware of. Yeah. So, again, it's a blessing to grow old in the Lord. Again, Proverbs 16.30, he uh, says, uh, verse 31, 16.31, the hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> so that uh, certainly is an example for us that uh, you, you think about some of the older folks who had that that silver head or that hoary head, and you looked at them and you thought, that, that's, that's, that's the kind of person that I need to be. Yeah. Here's, right. here's a fam- another familiar one from the Psalms, Jacob. Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Um, that's a promise from God, you know. It is a promise that God will be faithful to you, and and it's also a, a comfort and a blessing. Think about uh, about David as he said that. He couldn't have said that as a young man, but he's got the benefit of the years that he's lived to prove that God is faithful. He can look back on his life and his experiences, Monty, as a perspective that he didn't have as a younger man. And certainly that's a blessing that someone who's older, who's been faithful, has. Is I can look back and see all those years that God was with me, just as he said he would be. You know, that is a big blessing. And to be able to do that and look back and say that, and you can be in a great encouragement when you can recount the difficulties maybe that you've been through in your life as a younger person and say, even though that was bad times, I could still feel and know that God was with me and, and there was blessings involved in that. So right. there's a big benefit to that. Um, in the chat room, Sharon mentions a former preacher with cancer fighting for his life, lost a third of his tongue because of throat cancer, and came back preaching, teaching, leading, singing. As his health failed, he would, I guess, actually pass out. 
but he would come 45 minutes to meet with us, kept going till it was no longer possible in his early 70s, she said. People like that are great examples. Very very strong encouragement. You know, that guy doesn't know how much encouragement probably that he gave to those who he met with. Even people who's here, who are hearing about him tonight, and certainly uh, an opportunity that we need to capitalize when we're in that position. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Joe uh, says as one grows older spiritually as well as physically, one finds that he or she is more capable of resisting temptations and more capable of biblical knowledge and wisdom to pass on to their posterity. Thank you, Joe. Guest 3853 says these are great points. Young people have a very short attention spans. I think one good thing I've noticed with the young people is their willingness to go out and serve. They want to be active, and I see young people always raising money for mission trips, etc. They need to learn, however, to pay more attention to the examples of the older. Yeah, so 3853 is on your wavelength there tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. All right. Uh, what's our one, time? One other passage in this discussion, Second Corinthians chapter four, verses sixteen through eighteen. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That goes along, I think, with the, what you mentioned there from Psalm 92 about uh, those who are old, who are righteous, are going to flourish. Paul had that same perspective. His outward man wasn't flourishing. But inwardly, uh, spiritually, we can flourish, and God's promised us that if we'll be faithful to him, we will. Okay. Um, Joe in the chat room says, as one grows older spiritually, we got else. that. Oh, you already got that one? We got that. I didn't hear you well, say that. Well, it's worth repeating if you want to repeat yeah. it. Joe has some good comments I think there. that's great. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the, we got just a minute here before our break. Let's introduce this fourth question we asked to our update list earlier today. How would you encourage older Christians to stay active in God's service. Either, I guess this would apply to sort of prepare people as they're growing older to stay active, or maybe even re-motivate some older folks who sort of stepped back and stopped working for the Lord. What would you do? Monty, what are your thoughts? Well, one of the things I think of is to make sure they understand our need to have their experience and their knowledge passed on to us. Uh, they have experienced it and the benefits of that, but if they don't translate it or convey that to us, then it, they might as well not have it because it's not doing any good anymore. So we, we can encourage them by saying, hey, I really need to know and ask them questions, whatever the difficulty or whatever we're going through in our life. Say, hey, you've already been to this point in your life. What do I need to do? What would help me get through this? So, so we can ask them for that knowledge. Remind them of their opportunity. Yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Um, Notice what the psalmist said in Psalm 71, beginning verse 17. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And so the psalmist there talked about he was old, but he wanted, he was asking for the strength to stay active. He felt an obligation to the coming generation, the up-and-coming generation. And that's really, I think, the way we should feel. All right. I can't tell if that's the microphone or your voice breaking up over there. <laughs> I checked the wiring there for a while, but I think it's you. Yeah. Uh, um, we got to get you some relief here. Um, and certainly, uh, we, we, we've got to have uh, God's help throughout all of this. Yeah. Let's grab our last break, Jacob, and then we'll, we'll, we'll struggle to the top of the hour trying to wrap up our discussion about growing old in the Lord. All right, we'll take a break and get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931-381-4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. 
So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. We're taking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Over 80% of U.S. teens carry cell phones. 47%, nearly half, say their social life would end or be worsened without their cell phone. 57% view their cell phone as the key to their social life. The average American teenager sends 2,272 texts each month. That's almost 80 text messages every day. That information is via stageoflife.com. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. Back on the program tonight, uh, thanking you for being here. We're talking about uh, getting older in the Lord. The guest 9694 says, A congregation that practices inclusion will get more elderly participation. And uh, that, that term inclusion, I think, can has a wide variety of meanings in our society today, but I think I know what uh, this listener suggests with that comment, is that is that if the congregations will value the the role that elderly can ta- can play, that they'll get more participation. And, and certainly the congregations need to encourage I think that. That's, and we're talking about how can you encourage older folks to stay active. Let them know that they're appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that's going to fall a lot on the younger Christians, middle-aged Christians, to show their appreciation for what the older ones can provide. You've talked with older older Christians who've wanted to sort of let down a little bit, and and because they were discouraged that the younger folks didn't appreciate what they yeah, were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And, so I think, certainly, I think that's a really good observation. All right. Now, Joe says, can anyone retire from serving Christ? However, I've seen some older ones assume the view that they have done it all and learned it all. Not so for any of us. Thank you, Joe. Here's another good one from the Psalms, Jacob. Psalm 78, beginning verse 1. I want to skip through a part of that, but it says, Incline your ears to the words of my mouth, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You see the idea there? This this is generational. And it's the duty of the older generation to pass on to the next generation and to the next generation. The knowledge of God, awareness of of, of what he has done, now, obviously, there that was talking specifically to the Israelites about the amazing things that he had done for the nation of Israel. But he's done more wonderful things for us than he did for them. Certainly so. Uh, we need to be aware of that. <clears throat> and then you've uh, you've got to uh, be reminded that God is going to be faithful. To, uh, young or old, he'll be faithful in his promises. Yeah, and I think our listeners will remember Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I think that's applicable. That's taught, of course, that has a, a spiritual application. Not, yeah, we're not running as we get older. But, but, hopefully but spiritually, <laughs> yeah, right. God will bless us and we will not wear out. We will not get to where we can't do anything for God. We will still be capable of great things in his service. All right. Uh, Mike says, some places wanting to develop young members don't ask the older members to do things. And, uh, well, certainly that's a, that's a danger. And, uh, and well, I, I think that's right. And I, I really do think that there's, in the church, we've let the societal trend of, of sort of elevating youth yeah. become a trend in the church. And, I, and I, certainly young people need special uh, attention. They need special effort. Uh, but uh, maybe it's counterproductive in yeah. the way it's become. I mean, it seems like the young people are are being catered to almost, and they need they they need to appreciate their role, and they need to appreciate the older folks and what the older folks can do too. And maybe the older folks' voices uh, struggles a little bit, or maybe yeah. it takes them a little longer to get up to the podium. But uh, that's an encouragement just to see that in and of itself. 
Uh, I remember in college the, an older man preaching who, who couldn't stand at the at the pulpit anymore. They had to put a stool up there for him to sit on, and that was an encouragement. He certainly probably wasn't bringing as good of a lesson as he did at his younger age, but it was an encouragement nonetheless to see someone being faithful in their in their older years. I think a lot of times we get to this catering to the youth, and we came by it innocently enough because we we understand that the youth today is the church of tomorrow, so we're trying to do everything we can to encourage them to, to continue and be faithful and to grow. But we, in the process, we're not having a balanced approach because we tend to neglect our older people yeah. in doing that. So we we can't just be focused on one one part of the congregation that needs attention. We really have to think about everybody and our awareness needs to be broader than just that one application. I think that's exactly right. right. All right. <clears throat> Let's take our last. Well, if we have enough voice left, we may have to end a couple minutes early tonight, Jacob. But oh, we, We've been missing Ramona's comments tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is? mentions that some of the roles for the church, the elders, there's always a need. Older women need to do what Paul commanded in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 5. Uh, to be teachers of good things, especially to teach the younger women how to love their husbands, to love their children, be good wives and homemakers. Um, and then uh, how would you encourage older Christians to stay active in God's service? She says we can't stop the aging process, but we can be renewed inwardly daily. She references a passage we referenced earlier, Second Corinthians 4, verse 16. Uh, Deut- Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, and then Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. For I'm convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor demons, neither pre- the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And she references Romans 8, verse 28. For we know that all things... Uh, that in all things God works uh, for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so certainly good encouragements for young and old alike there. Thank you, Ramona, for those. All right, finally. Oh, this is uh, the one that Monty was yeah, sort of Yeah, Monty wants to talk about this. Older folks, including older Christians, often become grouchy and cantankerous. What would be your advice to older saints in this regard? Monty was just yelling out this front door for kids <laughs> to get off his yard tonight. Get out of my yard! <laughs> what, what about it, Monty? Well, when you get down to it, as we get older, we've got aches and pains and things going on. Health issues tend to be greater for us. And we, I think because of that, our patience gets to be a little thin. Because we all know how it is. When we don't feel good. It's hard to be patient with other people. But understanding that, then we need to apply ourselves greater and, again, lead by example because the younger people are going to be our age someday, hopefully. And so they need to be able to say, well, I know how it was because I used to see brother or sister so-and-so, this older person, and they behaved themselves well as they got aged. You know, we talk about people aging gracefully. Well, they ha- that don't just happen. You have to apply yourself to it. So we need to recognize in ourselves, okay, I don't feel good today, so I need to make sure I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I'm not being extra picky about what other people say or do around me. Yeah. The, I, the scriptures talk right in line with what you're saying, Monty, in regards to a positive outlook, a pleasant disposition that's actually like good medicine. You know, old people are certainly uh, familiar with taking medicine. You know? Uh, you know you've reached old age when you have one of those pill boxes with every day, you know, label <laughs> yeah. and you open every day and take the pills yeah. that are, you have to take that day. Well, the Bible says, Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So it's good medicine to have a positive, pleasant disposition instead of a, an old grouchy one. Um, yep. Go ahead. Proverbs 15, verse 13, A merry heart maketh cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. Verse 15, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Good reminders for us, certainly. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, it's, old people have the reputation of becoming cranky. But again... I think all of us can probably recall older folks we knew that were very positive and pleasant. And what a great example and encouragement those people were, and that's what we need to strive to do. Uh, Kevin, I think, is referencing a comment I think that was made earlier by Joe about how when you get older, maybe some of the temptations aren't as great. Kevin says, I've heard several older Christians say that patience can be a great challenge, even though other temptations are waning. 
patients may be one of those. If you talk about folks getting older, <laughs> cranky, and cantankerous, it may be a result of the fact that that patience is a challenge at yeah, an older age. That's something to pray for. Pray Certainly. for patience, for sure, okay. for those of us who are older. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kevin makes an interesting observation. Uh, yes, 96, 94 said the Great Commission is for every generation. has no age limits. And Kevin actually observes really very few passages are directed by way of command. Percentage-wise, relatively few commands are age-specific. Now, we talked about some that would you'd have to be an older person to do this or that for it. Yeah. But that's really a fairly small percentage of, of Scripture directed to specific age group. I think that's a good observation. Thank you for that. Uh, guess 96, 94 says, Worship is always better than medicine. You know, you got to wonder about that. Uh, maybe we don't feel as good as we'd like, but uh, would we feel better if we worshipped? We came to worship as... Uh, with a yeah. sincere heart I, I think that, zeal about it. I think our view ought to be, although I, I've known too many people it wasn't that way, the last place I'm going to quit going is to church. Yeah. You know, if I can still go to Walmart, you know, if I can still go here or there and do this or that, I'll quit those things before I quit going to church. It should be our disposition. The last place I want to quit going is to go to church. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, I, I think about uh, a member that used to be a, here, and the last time I seen him was here at worship, and he was struggling with cancer issues and had a, more, a fanny pack type thing on with his morphine drip in there, and he so he was in such bad pain that he was had that constant uh, pain medication going. But he came to worship, so I, and that was an inspiration to me. He was an older gentleman, but and that inspired me. And one of the things that makes me think about is when you see older people that you know don't feel good, but they're here every service. In some ways, that limits my patience, as we was talking about with younger people that I know don't have near the aches and pains right. of them. Right. And they say, well, I, I had a little bit of a headache, so I didn't come, or I had a little uh, something like that. And, and they need to be taking a, a lesson from those older people that come anyway and, and understanding that we're going to get the benefit of that. We'll get the benefit of seeing there. The older people get the benefit of having been here, and it's just a win-win for all of us. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, all right. As we, I guess maybe as a final thought, Jacob, as we get older, we need to realize we're closer to that ultimate reality of death and judgment. You know, that sort of it ties in with your comments about not getting cranky and uh, cantankerous. Because we are getting closer to heaven. It reminds me of Romans chapter 13, verse 11. That's true for all of us, but it's certainly true for those of us who are older. And that knowing the time, that it is now high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. That ought to, that ought to cheer me up, if nothing else, is money that uh, I'm getting pretty close to where I want to be. Uh, it's not too far away until I'll be home. And it kind of reminds me of back seems like 100,000 years ago when I was in high school running on the track and cross-country teams. When we got to the end of the race, we didn't just kind of slow down because we was near the end of the race, but we put on that last extra burst in order to make sure we finished well to do it. Yeah, You didn't want to kick to the finish. That's right. You didn't want to face the coach if you hadn't given it a girl. And so spiritually the application is the same. As we realize that we're coming nearer to the finish line, we don't need to be slowing down, but we need to pick up the pace to make sure we're finishing well. Finish strong. Exactly right. You, you, sprint, you sprint the last 100 yeah. yards. Yeah. You always do that. you got to. Yeah, you're getting closer. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you got to think about that. It won't be long uh, for any of us, but those of us older, maybe even sooner, that we'll be home. Uh, we'll be uh, on the other side of uh, this life, and we'll have rest from our work. Somebody's commenting from Indiana on my grouchy voice. Don't know how old Greg is, but his voice sounds grouchy tonight. Well, he's not as old as he sounds tonight, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Indiana guest goes on and says, Great example by older Christians who are at services most every time, but they also are at worship with a good attitude and glad to be there. That's very encouraging to me, Indiana guest says. And certainly it is uh, an encouragement to others to see you, uh, even maybe you don't feel like it. Uh, Kevin says, my wife was striving to encourage an older lady regarding her attendance. However, she began speaking about how busy she was with appointments and other activities. She's too busy then. Feeling sorry for herself. I think that's that. maybe the lesson is that we're never going to, it's never gonna, not going to be busy, young or old alike. Yeah. We've got to prioritize. When we're, when we're young, we're busy with a yeah, certain think, set of well, things. When, when I get we're past old, this and things will slow down. When we're old, we're busy with something They don't slow different. down. That's right. You're always going to be busy. 
Uh, Mike says old is relative, and um, yeah, and Sharon wants me to get you some chicken soup. I think it's going to take more than that, Sharon, uh, but uh, hopefully we can get over this. All right. All right. All right. I, th- I think we uh, we didn't have a – what we talked about tonight was by no means controversial, but I think it's important, some important thoughts for all of us because we're heading that way. We are, and certainly good things to think about. All right. Monty, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you, uh, Dad, for your time thanks, and uh, for – well, straining that voice. You sound worse than you did when we started. Well, so, I'll be all right. It's a comfort. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. I mean, it's the same. I can tell it's taking a toll on you. Uh, your voice isn't as young as it was when we started. Yeah. Uh, we hope you benefit from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.